Welcome to this edition of DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. I'm Serena Wilson, a program manager at DCS, and I'm your host for this edition. Today, I feel very fortunate to be able to interview Lindsay Coleman, who is a director of permanency planning at the Department of Children's Services in the Office of Child Programs. Ms. Coleman has a long career in child welfare and including direct service, case management, supervision, program coordination. In her current role, she serves to write policy, manages contracts, and provides program leadership. There are exciting things happening in Ms. Coleman's program around full disclosure, and we would like to learn more about it today. Hello, Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really glad you're able to tell us about ways to reduce trauma and provide permanency, but I'd like to hear about your current role with the department and some of your experiences in child welfare. Sure. Um, I've been with DCS for a little over 16 years. I've had the privilege of serving in each of the different program areas. So I've had experience in child protective services in our juvenile justice unit and then also in foster care. I have just really enjoyed learning and being able to serve in all those different capacities. Wow. Thank you for that. And thank you for your service. And for some of our listeners that are learning more about child welfare in general, or maybe practitioners who are just interested in what it means to achieve permanency for a child, can you let our listeners know what we mean by permanency and why that's important for a child who's in foster care? Yeah, sure. I mean, permanency is is kind of exactly how it sounds, permanent. We want for kids to have a permanent space. And sometimes that means permanent custody. Sometimes that means adoption. Sometimes that means staying at grandma's until we go to college or or with a friend. So permanency can be achieved in lots of different ways. We want children to have a space that's permanent that they can call home. Absolutely. And just those family connections are so important for all of us. That's our goal at the department too, is like you said, to reach that permanency for a child. DCS has a priority to reduce trauma to a child who comes into care. And if a child can stay with members of a family team, that's a really great way to reduce trauma. This is the idea of full disclosure. And Lindsay, can you tell us what is meant by full disclosure in these situations? Sure. Full disclosure means that we give relatives and kin information about all the opportunities that they have and that they're eligible for when they're interested in serving a child. And it it actually starts way before custodial episode begins. So it doesn't necessarily just mean that it happens um, when children are in foster care, but it also happens before foster care. You know, when we're doing child protective services cases and we're looking at maybe potentially placing a child outside of their home because of the safety risk, that's when it begins. So the, the moment that our staff start to talk with family members, can neighbors, whomever knows that child and has a relationship with that child or family, that's when we start talking about full disclosure. And and full disclosure is sort of the formal method by which we share all of the different options and make sure that folks have um, an understanding of, of what the possibilities are and then have resources to refer back to that 
later on, you know, they can think, gosh, let me, let me go back and look at that again or learn a little bit more about that. So it is really just our formal way of sharing information about what options they have. Okay. Wow. There really are a lot of options. And as I was preparing for our interview today, I, I went over some of those. And, and I know that you mentioned that when DCS first comes in contact with a family, this process goes into play and, and continues during our time with that family. So can you provide a a brief overview of some of the options? Uh, like I said, it does start before custody. We also can do it while children are in custody. So some of these options are something that would have an in foster care and then others aren't. Families can arrange their own care. So we do something called family arranged care where families make decisions about kids to be placed with a with a relative or a kin person and that'll just happen without the department's intervention. We also have a power of attorney where relatives get or kin can get a power of attorney so that they can make decisions so that they can send kids to school or get medical attention for a child if they have a child in their care. That's primarily when we would use a power of attorney is for those purposes. That kind of makes the difference between family arranged care and having that power of attorney. We yeah. also can change legal custody. We can say, gosh, you know, it looks like the situation or the safety risk might be here for a little while. This neighbor or grandma or whoever can take legal custody of that child and it doesn't change the parental rights of parents, but it does have sort of a permanent situation for the family. And then mm -hmm. we also do have some that we utilize through foster care. One thing that we do know about families, and I feel like I would say this about myself, is nobody nobody really plans on raising children that they hadn't planned for. That can come with some additional expenses that not everybody is prepared to incur. So sure. um, we certainly want to be thoughtful about that when we talk to relatives again about taking care of children that they have not, like I said, planned for. I mean, ways that we can support those financially can be through kinship foster care. Children can come into foster care, but we could place them with a relative um, or, a, or a kinship placement or kin person, neighbor, community member that there's a relationship with. The main thing is that it just needs to have that relationship. And right. then we also can do subsidized permanent guardianship, which if the child is in foster care for a period of time and the foster parent becomes or the kinship placement becomes a foster parent, then after six months and, and that placement, that approved foster care placement, we can actually exit custody to a subsidized permanent guardianship where the family would still receive a subsidy until that child turns 18 or graduates from high school, whichever comes later. So as long as the child is still in high school, that would that would still happen. And then we also have permanent guardianship if the child is in custody and we want to exit, but they don't have a previous relationship. That's certainly an option as well. Um, it just wouldn't have the subsidy that would be attached. And then we also have adoption. So sometimes adoption is the right answer. And we have lots of adoptive families who are relatives. In fact, when I was when in foster care years and years and years ago, um, we had a, a child that was placed with a traditional foster family, and then that foster family had some things that came up, and they were no longer real, or no longer able to care for that child. And so we did another diligent search, and I was able to locate a adult brother of the child and his wife, and they ended up becoming foster parents, and they adopted their I guess his half sibling, who was three, and so and they raised they raised her. She's now an adult. But you know, there's lots of different ways that we can get it to permanency through different options that are explained in full disclosure. And, and the way we do that is we have a packet of information. It, it, we print it off of our server, so DCS staff can just go in and print a couple off and take them with them out to visit families. But we have that. And then we also have a video that we can show families. And we ask in our policy that our staff do provide them a copy of the guide, ask them to sign a form that they've received that copy, and then show them the video because we do know that people learn in different ways. And so sometimes it's easier 
to, to listen, sometimes it's easier to read, and then we also do want to make sure that they have something to come back to in case they have questions about the different options. And I love that uh, your program area made a video. It's called Full Disclosure of Legal Permanency Options in KIN, and anyone can go to the tn.gov DCS website and search for Full Disclosure and find it. Currently, it's in the headlines if you go to the tn.gov, but you can also find this video on YouTube. I just really appreciate your meeting the needs of our customers by providing this informative way to learn about these different options because, you know, as I was listening, I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. A lot of questions can come up. So it's a great way to inform the people that we serve about the different options. So great video. I'm glad y'all were able to produce that. I think I really, Lindsay, listening to you speak, it really does sound like DCS facilitates a family decision. We're able to provide some services that helps a family make a decision about where a child is going to be safe and have the least amount of trauma. I just really like that about the work that we do. I mean, I think that getting the family's input, um, first of all, um, helps them be in control of the situation. And, and it is their life and they're the expert on their own family. And then the second thing is, is that it does, we do know that when we place kids with their relatives, that it reduces trauma. And so if they are with somebody that they know and that um, they already have a relationship with, maybe if it's their neighbor, they can go to the same school. Maybe if it's their grandma, they've been there every weekend for, you know, the past 10 years. And so that doesn't feel awkward you yeah. to them. And so any way that we can make a situation better for kids, less traumatic for kids, and then for families as a whole, I know that parents probably feel a lot more comfortable with their kids with people that they already know or are comfortable with. So I just think it creates a better situation all around. And um, and we were really lucky at the department to have so many options to, to create videos like this. I do want to give mm -hmm. a shout out to um, like our communications division and then several of my peers helped develop that video as well. And a lot of folks went in together to, to do work together to do that. And I think it was really telling of how important it is for the department to give this message, the same message to every customer every time about what options there are available. Yes, I agree. It's really a, a very innovative way to communicate some pretty complicated processes. So, so I am glad for you all that that's produced and glad for the people that we serve that it's out there. Now, Lindsay, I know that now you're in a director role and you're kind of overseeing a process. Can you tell us a time in your early career when you worked with a family and a child that was placed with a caregiver that was maybe a relative or a kin? And, and what were some ways that trauma was reduced for that child? Gosh, there's lots of times where we place kids outside of their home with, with relatives or that I've done that um, as part of my role. I know one time I was working with a family and we did have to place the children outside of the home and it was in a child protective services case, so it was not in custody. The mom wasn't available for me to ask questions about what relatives they have and so I asked the kids, who do you know? What relatives can you have? Is there somebody you know, that we can call? And I ended up calling grandma and grandma had gotten there before you know, we were even really able to have communication with the mom and, and we, we were able to do a short, very short term safety plan with the grandmother where grandma came and stayed at the house. So 
was already there. The kids got to go to the same school. They were able to continue to live their regular life, even though they were sort of going through this issue with their mom. And then they were able to reunify. And so nothing in their community changed aside from just the person, the caregiver in the home, which was difficult for sure, but it certainly made things less traumatic. And then we've done, I've done the same thing in a custodial way as well, explained a little earlier about the example I had used about the half brother doing the adoption, but I also worked with a family where the child had just came into foster care and, you know, the mom came up with some other options and it was the karate teacher um, who ended up becoming a foster parent. I know it was fantastic. And um, and so the child went to karate every afternoon after school for like after school care. And so none of that changed. The child was able to continue to go to the same after school program. You know, eventually that child ended up going to live with her father, which we found through diligence search as well. And then so things did change a bit when, when she went, but she was able to reunify with a parent, which was fantastic. So um, anytime we can utilize the resources that families already have to make things more stable and secure for kids, it reduces trauma and it's just a better situation for everybody involved. Wow. Those are great stories, great examples, and just that continuity for the child and having a familiar surrounding while their family is going through some hard times can really help that child uh, have that sense of normalcy and reduce trauma. And we've just been doing uh, a series on diligent search with your division as well. And full disclosure and diligent search really go hand in hand as a process, it sounds like. Well, it's def- they definitely are companions of each other. I mean, once we find somebody, we definitely um, have to do that full disclosure piece. So the diligent search part is our effort to locate relatives and can and grow teams for families. But the second part of that is that once we locate somebody, we do need to do the full disclosure portion. Yeah, and I think it's just a great way for us to locate relatives, kin, caregivers, and then through full disclosure, we're able to allow them to know what their different options are and that we seek permanency for a child that comes into our care. Lindsay, thank you so much for providing us with this really important information about full disclosure. Thank you, listener, for joining us for this DCS Talks edition. Please listen again to hear other subject matter experts like Lindsay Coleman discuss ways to advocate for children and to continue to build resilient communities. Thank you.